Specialty Story, session number 91. Whether you are a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, our host here every week where I get the amazing opportunity to talk to a physician about his or her specialty. This week is no different. I get to talk to an amazing community-based dermatologist who's been out in practice now for five years, and she's going to talk about how she first became interested in dermatology, what led her down that path, and what her interests were that led her to become a dermatologist. We talk about all that and so much more. So let's go ahead and jump in and say hello to Dr. Reed and find out when she first became interested in dermatology. So... It would probably be in medical school. Um, I did many rotations, um, as one would expect it is expected to do. I did pediatrics, which I liked. Um, I did general surgery, which I enjoyed. I did internal medicine and you know immunology, rheumatology. Um, I did some path even and infectious disease. And and the problem was I I liked them them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I realized I liked everything, and honestly, I couldn't decide. So one of my peers at the time, who's now my husband, suggested dermatology um, because it would give me the opportunity to have a piece of all those different specialty specialties rolled into one. Um, and, and, you know, from that moment, I did a dermatology rotation and I was hooked and I knew it was the one. What do you think it was about every specialty, every, every nuance of everything that you were doing that, that interested you in everything? Um, I think really, um, I, I liked, um, being able to switch from surgery, um, to seeing a kid or pediatrics to, you know, seeing an older patient, geriatrics another day. And and that's exactly what dermatology is. Um, it's really a, a lot of different specialties, internal medicine, pediatrics, pathology, even, um, technology-based with laser dermatology, um, infectious Um, disease-based. So it's really a versatile specialty. Um, It's it's one of those fields of medicine that you can really tailor what you want to do, how you want to spend your time, what patient population you want to see, um, and tailor your practice to your population. So um, I also, you know, did a rotation um, in medical school in Malawi, Africa. And I studied tropical and infectious disease dermatology, which was so fascinating um, and just all encompassing. And, and, and that was the tip of the iceberg for me. It really showed the versatility of the field. Um, and I knew there was nothing better after that. It's interesting. I've talked yeah. to emergency medicine physicians on this podcast, mm-hmm. and they, they have very similar answers as to why they chose emergency medicine is they really yeah, liked right. everything yeah. and emergency mm-hmm. medicine gave them that. And so you found another specialty that that kind of right. allowed you that as well. And, <laughs> and they kind of consider themselves a variety junkies. And it sounds like you're, you're very similar. Exactly. Yep. Great. Um, I guess also, you know, for me, to be honest, you know, you really can do everything in dermatology and not feel overwhelmed. Um, you know, I'm able to be present for my family and my kids and control my schedule for the most part. 
with limited calls and a few patient emergencies. So I, I guess that would be the difference between dermatology and emergency medicine to some extent. Yeah. Um, you know, and then if you choose to, if you wanted to be an academic dermatologist who works in a university hospital, there's, you know, of course, there's a higher likelihood of emergent cases and call opportunities if you so choose. Yeah. So I, I just think you, you just have a little bit more of an option with dermatology. What traits do you think lead to someone being a good dermatologist? Um, so um, that's a good one. So for one, um, dermatology tends to have a very high um, procedural component. So definitely having good manual dexterity and surgical skills is important. Um, being a visual person or the ability to follow visual cues and pattern recognition is important to a lot of dermatology diagnoses. Um, and of course, um, be having that attention to detail and being able to have good relationships with patients. Um, you have to be an active listener and an active learner. Um, so, you know, that commitment to your patients and being able to listen um, patients rarely come into a dermatology office with a straight story or a sequence of events describing a skin problem. Um, usually they're referred by other specialties. So family medicine, internal medicine, um, rheumatology, pediatrics, an allergist. Um, and they all come with ideas about what the diagnosis should be. Um, and usually treatments that they have already tried. So it's really important to be able to take a step back and start from zero um, every time a patient enters your office. Um, so I think, you know, building relationships with patients is, is important and being able to listen um, is a big part of dermatology as well, because there's a lot of face-to-face -face, um, patient interaction. So if you don't love people and you don't love patients, then dermatology is probably not <laughs> the field for you. Medicine is probably not the field <laughs> exactly. for you. That's funny. Now, you mentioned yeah. academics and, and kind of a, a different um, uh, work-life balance, et cetera, with, mm -hmm. with potentially academics versus the community where you're at. For, for you, what was that decision mm -hmm. algorithm like? Why, why not academics? Why community for you? For me, um, it was pretty easy. I actually work in a you know single um, specialty private practice, um, but I also work about thirty minutes from a major um, city academic hospital. So for me, I actually kind of dip into both worlds. I work um, in in private practice four days a week. I see patients in a clinic, and I'm also on call in a hospital, an academic hospital, um, a couple times a month which I do get to see those, you know, acute cases, um, you know, drug rashes, um, patients that come in with acute changes in their skin conditions, for example. And so for me, it was pretty easy because I got to do both. Um, um, but I do like the stability of private practice, being able to um, set up my time and my days. Um, for the most part, I see um, a variety of patients, old to young. Um, I do skin cancer checks. I see chronic skin conditions. Um, and then the next day I do surgeries or procedures. Um, and the next day after that, um, I'm back in the clinic seeing patients. Um, so it, it's just a lot of variety. And, and for me, that was an easy choice. 
for an outpatient community-based dermatologist? What's kind of the bread and butter stuff that you're seeing day in and day out? Okay. So for me, um, I know a lot of people have the assumption that <laughs> dermatologists is, you know, all they see is acne and um, eczema. Mm -hmm. um, we do see that. Um, but for me, acne is actually only about 10% of my practice, maybe even less. So the majority of my practice, I do majority medical or general dermatology. Um, the majority is um, skin cancer based. So a lot of skin cancer checks on patients older than 40. And I also see a lot of chronic skin conditions um, like psoriasis um, and eczema and some other autoimmune conditions like alopecia. Um, so I, I see quite a variety, but mostly I would say the majority of my um, clinic base is skin cancer related. Okay. Um, I also do uh, one day a week or a half a day a week of cosmetic dermatology. So if that's something that you're interested in, there's also an option to do that. And what does that mean? Um, what does that look like? So basically minority you know, of procedures in basic cosmetic procedures, Botox, fillers, and some very simple injection, injectable procedures. Okay. Mm -hmm. For the patients that, that are the non-cosmetic patients, what percentage of them are coming to you with a diagnosis and you're there for definitive treatment versus they're coming to you with some weird lesion or rash or something and you have to figure out what it is? Hmm. Um, it's hard to say. Let's see. So a lot of my patients that are coming to me, the new patients, um, I would say maybe about 20% of them come to me with a exact diagnosis. Um, a lot of the times, like I said, they're referred by other specialties, but when they end up in a dermatology office, it's usually because there's a problem with the diagnosis or there's a problem with the treatment. Um, that's not going well, or maybe they need some other ideas. So a lot of the times we end up having to do a biopsy of the skin or the lesion or the rash, what have you, um, to determine where we are, um, send it off to pathology, figure out what that is. And then we go from there in terms of guiding the referring physicians as far as treatment and follow-up care. Yeah. Now, you mentioned going from clinic one day to uh, doing procedures the next day. What percentage do you think of the patients that you're seeing do you actually do procedures on? So there's a wide variety of procedures in dermatology. When I say procedures, um, so in terms of a skin check um, clinic day, for example, out of 30 patients, um, probably... I would say about 30% of them will have a biopsy done of a lesion or um, a, a rash to determine what's going on. Um, so in terms of small procedures like biopsies, those are um, a part of kind of a normal clinic day. As far as um, excision of skin cancers, those are procedures that we schedule separately. And, and those are um, based on biopsies that come back as skin cancers that we can excise in the office. Um, and those are patients that we see on a separate day, bring them back. And it's, a, it's probably a 30 minute procedure for each patient that we can do outpatient, um, removing a, a skin cancer, a basal cell, a squamous cell, or a small melanomas. What's the line for your patients of, I, I can handle this versus I need to send them to somebody else to, to do something more drastic? 
So that's a good question. So when it comes to patients um, who have skin cancers near the eyes, for example, we send them to oculoplastics. For patients with skin cancers on the face, um, we have a most surgeon in office. So that's one of the specialty, most surgery is one of the special subspecialties of dermatology. Um, so we are able to do, you know, a lot of skin cancer excisions in my office because we do have a most surgeon present. Um, when we have melanoma patients, for example, that have nodal involvement or are past stage one, um, we send them to surgical oncology. So we actually work quite closely with a surgical oncology um, at a major um, academic facility or a cancer center. Um, and a lot of our uh, large melanoma cases do go there for, you know, sentinel node biopsies or excisions of larger melanomas. And then they come back to us for follow-up and skin checks. Um, so we, we work quite closely with that group. You mentioned call and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and what that looks like. For, for somebody in the situation you're in, a little different because you are doing some stuff at a, at a larger academic center. Uh, what mm-hmm. does call look like, at least for the, the community aspect, the outpatient stuff? So call is very, um, it's pretty much as much as you want it to be, honestly. So for me, it was a matter of just staying abreast and keeping up with, um, you know, acute current dermatology. It also keeps things exciting. Of course, there's not a lot of dermatology emergencies, um, but there are several um, that we do see. Um, So, you know, we split the call you know, based on our group of five providers and we kind of rotate. Um, so you probably get called twice a year and you take a, a, a block of a month and you're on call for that month, for example. Um, I mean, but, but there are lots of other ways to structure call when you're a dermatologist. It's just something that you, you decide on with your group that you're working for or, and it's something you can decide that you don't want to do. Um, but it's always good to get your, um, feet <laughs> into a- acute dermatology because that's a really important part of, of dermatology and keeping up with dermatology. Mm. Describe a typical day. I, I think a lot of students, when they hear how many patients dermatologists see, they may, mm-hmm. they may freak out a little bit. Describe a typical day, how many patients you're seeing and, and, and what's going on on those days. So again, that varies by dermatologist. Um, I would say on average, maybe 30 a day is pretty average. It's a very fast-paced specialty, which is actually one of the things I I wish I had known before I signed on to do dermatology. Um, So I have about 30 patients a day. Most days a week, I would see patients, you know, older than 40, like I said, for skin checks or chronic conditions um, are also a big part of those visits. I also have adolescent patients with acne or eczema, I see infants and young kids with chronic and acute skin conditions. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm at working at the community hospital or I'm on call at the community hospital, I have to run after work to see an inpatient with an acute skin condition, for example. So during that day um, in the clinic, um, a lot of dermatology is, is basically diagnostic and procedural. So I would be doing biopsies on skin lesions. Um, I could be scraping the skin or skin rash to look under the microscope for fungus. Um, There's also a lot of psychology involved in dermatology. People carry a lot of emotions when dealing with 
um, chronic skin conditions, um, even if they're not life-threatening, um, they can really take a toll on someone's quality of life. Yeah. So a lot of compassion is necessary um, in dermatology. Um, and then on other days, like the surgery or procedural days, I do, like I said, skin cancer excisions um, or destructive procedures where I destroy skin cancers by non-excision means. Um, I also, you know, um, I do very simple cosmetic procedures, like I said, Botox and fillers. Um, I also do some teledermatology, so I'm quite busy, um, where I review pictures of cases of patients who are in rural settings. Um, and patients basically are un unable to come into the office. So I read images and can prescribe that way as well. Um, and I also do some volunteering through teledermatology platform where I assist in diagnoses and treatment of skin conditions in a clinic in Africa. So it, it, dermatology really allows you to have a further reach mm. because it's such a visual specialty. Um, and then of course, at the end of the day, you have an administrative component. So you have patient charts and you have patient notes for all those 30 plus <laughs> patients that you've seen throughout the day. <laughs> um, you have calling patients back with biopsy results. You will be um, doing lots of prior authorizations for medications um, and a lot of, you know, treatment follow-up. And um, so there are, you know, there is a big administrative component as well because you're seeing such a large patient load per day. With all of the the tentacles mm -hmm. of, of your job, do you feel like you have uh, enough I hate the word work-life balance, but enough know. enough time outside of, of clinical care for your family and everything else that you want to do as a human being? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like I said, I feel like in dermatology, it's just one of those fields that you can choose to have um, little time or more time. For me, that balance is pretty set at four days a week um, where I'm in clinic from 8.30 to 4.30. And you know, when I leave the clinic, I finish my notes, I leave clinic, I get home and I do have time for my family and um, my kids. And it really does allow you a really good work-life balance, um, especially because, like I said, you can choose to do more or less. What's the training path look like to get to become a dermatologist? Okay. So, um, so dermatology residency is four years long. It is one year. The first year is basically um, an internal medicine year or a surgery year for people who are more surgically inclined, um, or some people choose a transitional year or to do pediatrics for that year if they were interested in another subspecialty of, of Durham, which is pediatric dermatology. Um, and then dermatology itself, the, the three-year component is, is done at dermatology-specific residency um, and that is where you just learn all the dermatology. <laughs> um, as soon as you step through the doors of residency, basically you start clinic day one and you see a lot of cases. It's, it's very clinic based learning. Um, and you also see a lot of, um, I mean, you get exposed to, um, basic dermatology in the first year, mostly, and then you compound it with, um, clinic time consultation time in hospital setting, you learn most surgery, dermatopathology, pediatric dermatology, and cosmetic dermatology. So it, it's three years of just dermatology. 
Um, and then you feel, you know, like you're ready to um, start seeing patients on your own. You're, you're pretty well prepared after the four years of residency to see patients. You mentioned the internship year. Mm-hmm. Are there programs that are that that have that internship year built in and at a categorical categorical there internship, are, or do you have to apply mm-hmm. separately for for everything? So, so you do you do have to apply separately, but there are more and more programs now that have a joint um, internal medicine year attached to their dermatology residency program. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, Brown Dermatology has one. That's where I graduated, so I know about that one. But the, I know that there are many others that are doing the same thing. Um, but I do believe that you still have to apply separately. But there are options to kind of join both that are becoming more common. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. It's one of those that mm-hmm. a lot of students aren't, aren't aware. It's like those two – you have to – apply to two different specialties and, right. and match right. at both. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of juggling to do. It is a lot of juggling from yeah. what I remember. It's yeah. yeah, but it works out in the end. What, uh, what does the, um, the fellowship landscape look like? You said that it's that physicians who are, who think they're ready to go on and start seeing patients, they can do that or they can mm-hmm. go on and do a fellowship. What are those opportunities for fellowships? So for fellowships, if uh, someone wanted to do more surgery-based dermatology, they could pursue a, a, a MOS or procedural um, surgery spe- fellowship. And um, that is one to two years, depending on where you go. Um, there's also cosmetic or pr- cosmetic procedural dermatology fellowships. Those are a few and far between. Most dermatologists our general dermatologist. Um, I would say the next group is is uh, most most surgery. Um, uh, the other popular group is pediatric dermatology. So that's also a subspecialty um, of dermatology that someone can pursue if they were really interested in just treating the pediatric population. Um, and also dermatopathology. So we have um, a lot of pathology in the field of dermatology. Um, and dermatopathologists um, really either come from dermatology residency or pathology residency. Mm. Um, and so that's one of the subspecialties that's very competitive, but it's, it's a really good career for someone who's interested in pathology. Um, there are also laser dermatology fellowships, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> um, those are very few as well. Um, but I have a, a colleague who did a laser dermatology fellowship. And there's also becoming more common are these med-derm combinations um, and also derm-room combinations. Um, even There's also even a medical dermatology um, residency now, I think, um, that's becoming more popular for people who really just enjoy general medicine, but they do want to specialize in dermatology as well. So there's a joint five-year med-derm residency as well. Lots of options. And what, Lots of options. Yeah. What was it for you that you're like, okay, I'm done. I want to go out. I want to practice and, <laughs> and stay general dermatologist. Um, for me, honestly, like I said, I really just love the versatility. Um, I don't want to just do surgery. I really loved it, but I don't want to just do surgery every day and be a MO surgeon. I want mm. that interaction with my patients. I want that relationship with my patients and I want that variety. Um, and so for me, the same reason I chose um, the field of dermatology was the same reason I chose to stay into medical or general dermatology. 
We all know that, I, I think we all know that dermatology is a, a very hard residency to match into. What should mm-hmm. the medical student be doing to match into dermatology to at least increase their chances? So um, getting a great board score is not enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, we all have great board scores. So, you know, if finding a mentor in dermatology, likely in your home medical school, um, is very important so that you have that support from your department when time comes for you to apply to residency. So getting to know your dermatology department is important, but you also need to um, diversify your application. So for example, some candidates have second degrees. For me, my MBA in healthcare management um, made me stand out. So something that makes you stand out. I know a lot of dermatologists who have PhDs, who have um, MPHs, um, who have done um, some kind of research year. Um, so participating in research is also key. Um, and also doing lots of away rotations at other medical school departments so that, you know, you get to know that department and that almost guarantees you an interview if you perform well at those away rotations. So that's also an important thing um, to consider when you're applying. For the osteopathic students listening to this, what mm-hmm. can they do to overcome some of the, the negative biases out there towards them? Um, I honestly, not not that I'm aware of any. I also, I work closely with DOs being in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and I work closely with DOs at my current practice. Um, and their training and ability have never been questioned by patients or staff. So Honestly, I've never really noticed a, a difference or seen any negative bias towards the DOs that I work with. So yeah. that would be tough for me to answer. Good. No, that's a great answer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For the future primary care doc listening to this family practitioner, internal medicine, <laughs> what have you, what do you wish they knew about what you're doing day in and day out as a general dermatologist to to help serve their patients better and to help you? when they refer patients to you? Ah, that's a great question. Um, So I want them to know that dermatology um, encompasses a lot more than dealing with acne. (laughs) Um, Actually, like I said, acne is probably 5 or 10% of my patient load. Um, Of course, this may be different for another provider. I'm just Mm. speaking for myself here. Um, But most dermatologists probably see far more skin cancer patients than they do acne patients. Um, and you know, I want them to know also that dermatology has a lot of chronic illnesses that fall into many different, you know, internal medicine, um, umbrellas. So rheumatology, allergy, autoimmune category, um, and these take time to manage. Um, it's not just a field where we, we just diagnose, um, and that's it. I mean, a lot, a lot of dermatology problems are chronic and they need, Um, They take time to manage, get the right medications, get the right balance, whether it be biologics or topicals or steroid doses, what have you. Um, um, But that's what makes the field so rewarding. So it's not just a one-stop shop where you send someone for a biopsy and and then it's done. Um, We have to treat afterwards. So uh, that's just one of the things I wanted to convey. You mentioned a couple other specialties that you work closely mm-hmm. with. What other ones off the top of your head can you think of that, that you work closely with? Okay, so, um, of course, you know, internal medicine, family medicine. But aside from that, 
believe it or not, we get some referrals from their emergency room. So we do talk to emergency um, medicine doctors quite a lot. Um, rheumatologists um, and dermatologists share a quite a, a number of patients because of the overlap between autoimmune dermatology and rheumatology. Um, and also, um, we work quite closely with pediatrics. Obviously, we get a lot of pediatric cases. For some things that are even rare um, that exist in the pediatric population. And we also work closely with allergists when it comes to things such as contact dermatitis or people with really bad eczema or allergy flares. Um, so that's also a specialty that we work closely with. And of course, um, you know, surgical oncology is our friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we work closely with surgical oncology and plastic surgery as well when it comes to repairing, you know, skin cancers um, around the eyes or around the face that's beyond the scope of um, a, a Mohs surgeon. Are there any special opportunities for dermatologists outside of clinical medicine for somebody who may grow tired of, of clinical medicine? Um, I don't see how you can grow tired of clinical medicine. But... <laughs> I don't see either. But, <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, teledermatology, I guess you can consider that still clinical medicine, but it, it, takes a, it takes you a step further away from that day-to-day -day patient care. So it's a field that I see expanding, not just in dermatology, actually, but in all of medicine. But I think for dermatology, it's easier because dermatology is such a visual field. Yeah. So for one, that's an option. Um, a lot of people do clinical research. Um, a lot of people can do academia or going to teaching. Um, I have a few colleagues that actually, you know, kind of experienced burnout from just a heavy patient load and, and went into um, pharma, basically doing consultations or being consultants to pharmaceutical companies. The dark side. Um, or being, right. <laughs> if you want to call it that, <laughs> or being medical directors. Um, I also um, have colleagues who've done a lot of clinical trial dermatology and kind of expanded their um, clinical base um, doing that instead. So there are a lot of options out there. What do you know now that you wish you knew before going into dermatology? <laughs> well, um, for, for one, um, I, I didn't know that the administrative component uh, would be so heavy. But I think that's going across all specialties yeah. now with the changing face of healthcare. Um, but, you know, be, because we see so many patients, um, the administrative competent and dealing with insurance companies to get coverage for simple dermatology medications um, to treat skin disease is a daily struggle, for example. Um, and it can sometimes impact your prescribing behaviors. And that's a shame because you want the best for your patients, but sometimes you can't get that because you have to fight with the insurance companies, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they still won't budge. Um, <laughs> but also, um, in addition to having to keep up with patient charts and documentation, fighting the insurance companies um, is, is a problem. Um, but I think now, you know, they're just, they're coming up with, newer and more efficient um, documentation programs for every field and medical records or um, programs are getting better. So hopefully that will ease the burden of, you know, the administrative component of dermatology and other fields. Mm -hmm. um, aside from that, it's a very hands-on and um, 
fast paced environment. So if, if you're not able to cope with that fast paced, um, hands-on environment, then dermatology is probably not the specialty for you. Um, I know that some of my colleagues are, you know, they may, might work for a big corporation where numbers are important. So they're expected to see more and more patients. But like I said, this is a trend in medicine in general. Um, you know, but like in any field, you have to decide what type of practice you want to run and you have to decide what kind of dermatologist you want to be. What do you like the most about being a dermatologist? Um, I like my relationships with patients. I like that um, my patients are happy. For the most part, dermatology patients are happy because you're um, treating them and you're making them feel good about themselves. Um, and a lot of it is preventive. Um, I, for one, in medical school, was not good at dealing with death or dying. Um, and in dermatology, that's, you know, few and far between where I have to give that diagnosis to someone. Um, usually we catch, you know, a melanoma or a skin cancer in the early stages. Um, yes, you will, you know, see that patient who you have to break the bad news to because their melanoma is far more progressed or more aggressive or they have a very aggressive type of lesion or another aggressive type of skin cancer. But for the most part, we share this burden with surgical oncologists, and it's definitely the minority of cases. Um, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say you're not going to deal with death or dying patients ever, but it, it's definitely less than some other fields. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, the fact that dermatology patients are generally healthy and happy um, was was what one of the things I really loved. Yeah. What yeah. do you like, What do you like the least? <laughs> um. Probably paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to yeah. every specialty out there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's the honestly, same. there's honestly not much I don't like about my field. If I were to um, go through this whole process again and, and choose, I would still choose dermatology. Hands on. That was one of my mm -hmm. next questions. That's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, do you see any major changes coming to the field of dermatology? Whether it's uh, new, new procedure techniques, new, new just innovation, new medicine, medications that are going to change the way future dermatologists are going to practice? Um, I think, honestly, technology is playing a huge role in shaping the future of dermatology. Um, there are actually several non-invasive um, skin lesion tools that are on the market right now um, with this special imaging used to identify a bad mole, for example. And it will probably guide decision-making on whether or not uh, a lesion should be biopsied in the future um, or will help providers or practitioners make that decision either way. Um, they're not yet standard practice, but as time goes on, I can see these non-invasive imaging tools being more standard in dermatology. Um, you know, like robotics, whole body mapping for detection of skin cancers will also play a huge role. I think technology will definitely impact the field of dermatology in the future. Yeah. A new yeah. question I want to throw at you is, what do you think is the biggest myth that dermatologists have to fight every day? <laughs> um, I, I don't want to say that it's not a... Okay, so I, I think... A lot of people think that we're, uh, you know, maybe a bunch of pimple poppers. Like I said. <laughs> Thanks, Sandra. I, 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing against Sandra, <laughs> but I I think a lot of people see dermatologists, you know, you know, I, the biggest myth is that most dermatologists are cosmetic dermatologists, and I think that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of dermatologists are indeed general or medical dermatologists um, who treat a lot of skin cancers and acute and chronic dermatologic disease. Um, you know, so I, I think a lot of people don't, you know, they joke around. I have colleagues that joke around, colleagues that are cardiologists and surgeon, general surgeons. And, um, you know, they joke around that dermatology is not as serious a field, a field mm-hmm. for example. Um, and that's another myth. I, I would like to th- think that, you know, we do save lives every day when we catch a, a mole and stop it from changing or remove a skin cancer. Um, and skin cancers are becoming quite common even in younger age groups now. Um, so I think dermatology is, is a field that has a long way to go still. Um, and it's, it's definitely going to be something that, you know, is impacting patients in the future, especially with increasing skin cancer rates. Any last words of wisdom for the medical student out there who is now interested or more interested in becoming a dermatologist? Sure. So I feel like I was one of the lucky ones, but um, dermatology is becoming more competitive. Um, There are a lot of people who don't get into residency the first time they apply um, and they do a year of medicine or a year of surgery or research, and then they apply again. And some people get in and some people don't. I know someone that applied three times and the third time was a charm. You know, yes. so if dermatology is something you really want to do, like are you, if you're really sure that that's what you want to do and you can't see yourself doing anything else, um, don't give up if it's something you really want. All right. There you have it. Again, that was Dr. Nyanda Reed, dermatologist, community-based dermatologist who's been out in practice now for a half a decade. I hope this was helpful for you, gaining some insight into the world of dermatology and potentially how you may be interested in dermatology if you are also interested in all of those different specialties that Dr. Reed was talking about. We have more great guests coming up in these next few weeks. I hope you subscribe to this podcast and let your friends know, let your classmates know that we are here for them to listen to every week for free on their iOS, Android device, or anywhere else where they may listen to podcasts. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Specialty Stories. 